You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Utah fans, welcome to another episode of Locked On Utes here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Starting off your Monday, my name is Brian Brown. I am a co-host on this show. Your other co-host, Jacob Hatch, is out of office today. He is on his way to Boca Raton, Florida to cover the BYU game for Locked On Cougars and 1280 The Zone Sports Network. So I'll be running the show here for the week. But the good news is we've got plenty to talk about after a big weekend for the University of Utah football team defeating Washington State in what was one of the most Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde affairs in recent Utah memory. Uh, We're going to talk about the stats that matter from that game. Uh, And then we're going to also talk about what happened at the QB position, why why the University of Utah decided to make the switch, what was Jake Bentley doing, what did Drew Lisk do differently, and what does the future of the quarterback position look like at the University of Utah uh, going forward? Especially, is there some magic in that portal? And then we're going to close out the show talking a little bit of Utah basketball uh, after a big win over Idaho. And then some bad news for any Utah basketball fans that were hoping to get a little bit more entertainment over the holidays. That's all up next here on Locked on Utes for December 21st, 2020. Utah fans, in the words of the great Mills Lane, let's get it on. Let's talk some Utah football. This is Locked On Utes here on the Locked On Podcast Network, brought to you by Built Bar, our good friends at Built Bar. We are going to uh, revisit them here in a minute. But the most important thing to get to here as you're either commuting to your office or commuting to the uh, couch, if you're taking the week off for the holidays, or if you're commuting to your work from home setup. Mine was in a closet, then I moved into a storage room. No judgment here if yours is someplace like that. Uh, hopefully it was better than my setup. But wherever you're headed, go ahead and, and crank up Locked On Utes here. We are on all the major podcast providers, uh, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you can find your podcasts, uh, you'll find us there. We had a great week last week, ended up you know in the high 70s in the sports podcast rankings, which for a podcast like this, where it's very specific to just one team and one group, that is absolutely incredible. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening, for downloading, for subscribing. And most importantly, for all of those great five-star reviews, big shout out to my guy who, who Tran. Thanks for the review, my man. Uh, Great to hear from you. And if you can, Go log on. Give us that five-star only rating like we like to say on here uh, and on the Uzone broadcast and everywhere else. Five stars only. That's how we roll. So when you get to check it, especially this weekend or this week where you have some downtime to do whatever, let's go ahead and get those ratings up there. The higher we get those ratings, the more fun stuff we get to do with you. I am fully committed to giving away any and all swag that come my way as long as it's not a build bar. So... Um, In the meantime, we do have a lot to discuss for this week. Uh, Most importantly is is just the 
ending of the season, and, and we'll try to do a few different things in terms of breaking down what happened this season, what to look forward to next year, those kinds of things. And my hope and my anticipation is maybe we'll get some familiar voices on here as well. Uh, you know, Jake is in Boca Raton, as I said earlier. He is definitely missed. Let me tell you, gang, it is so much different doing this thing all by yourself. Uh, it is a lot more work. That's part of the reason why I always thought Jake would be a great co-host, because he can do the dirty stuff, uh, you know, the editing, the posting, all that kind of stuff so well. He's, he's just an absolute expert at it. So shout out to you, Jake. I miss you. I'm sure that the subscribers miss you, too. Um, but have a good time down there in Florida and, and enjoy the rest of your week off from the podcast. All right, let's break it down. Utes, not the typical Cougars to end out the season, but the Washington State Cougars. Uh, some very intriguing aspects to this game in terms of two programs that really had had not found their footing through this shortened co- this COVID shortened season, um, and it was just a tale of two Utes. Really, if you're if you're talking about this game, you know, it was two different halves and, and Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde might be one way to describe it. I was physically sick in the first half for parts of that, watching parts of that game. Uh, in the second half, I was physically rejoicing and jumping up and down watching at the studio at, at the zone sports headquarters. Uh, it, it had just been such a weird year. And I think that game was a perfect, uh, metaphor for the ups and downs and the struggles early on, but how it seems like things are improving and getting better, uh, just like with the University of Utah. Like I promised, we're going to go over some of the stats that matter from that game. I think the biggest one that stood out to me was 38 unanswered points in the second half. The 21-point deficit that Utah overcame in the second half was the third largest in school history. Utah's overcome a 27-point deficit twice, once back in 1972 uh, and once back in 1990 where they were at New Mexico, trailed 27 to nothing, and came back to win that game 29 to 27. Uh, The previous was November 24th, 1972 versus Arizona where they trailed 27 to nothing and came back to win that one 28-27. Now, this one, Utah finished with a final score of 45 to 28, and folks, it was just an absolute shellacking in the second half. It that was as close to Utah football as we've probably seen this season, where the offense was efficient, it was in rhythm, it was moving the ball down the field with the kind of drives, high play, quick hitting, constantly churning type drives to where you were keeping the defense out on the field, keeping the defense moving, wearing them down. And then on the opposite side of that, uh, the defense was just absolutely suffocating Washington state for a team that looked like they were going to run away from the, with this game. Uh, and, and say what you will about Jaden Delara breaking the U over his leg in the end zone, whether it's the curse of Delara or, or something else. That's not for me to decide. I'll let y'all play with that one in the mentions on Twitter. But it was the kind of dominating uh, performance that I don't know if I necessarily expected this young team to have, but it is very, very indicative of what the University of Utah has been in the past, what the University of Utah has been during the Kyle Whittingham era, and really what they want this football team to look like going forward. That's how they want to play football. They want to be efficient on offense. You know, Utah had 
Uh, 77 plays in that game compared to 67 for Washington State. And and that's those are the kinds of numbers that you really want to have. You want to have your off your offense getting about 75 to 80 plays a game. You want to have your defense at, at about 60 to 65. You really don't want to go over that too far. And I think what it, it ended up leading to was Utah just absolutely dominated in the total yards category. They finished with 528 total yards compared to 396 for Washington State. And even that 396 is a little bit misleading because they picked up a lot of garbage yards uh, there at the end as they were trying to scrap to get back into this thing. But Utah had already run away with it. I believe it was after the last Ty Jordan touchdown where... Utah had 517 yards to 278 or, or something along those lines with Washington State. So for Utah to rack up those kinds of yards, these are the type of yards that traditionally we see it flipped around where Washington State has a ton of yards and Utah is struggling to keep up with them. So uh, credit to the Utes for finishing strong. Huge amount of credit for to Kyle Whittingham for telling the boys either stay in the locker room or come out ready to fight. I loved his postgame comments. If you didn't get a chance to listen to them, we'll try and break them down later on in the week. It depends on how much time we have, but you can catch those on the University of Utah feed. Uh, you know, wherever you get your podcast, search Zone Sports Utah, and it'll bring that feed up. You can listen to Kyle's comments. He uh, he opened up his press conference by saying, I thought we opted out of this game in addition to the bowl game. So read into that what you will. But Whittingham was not not mincing words at all in his postgame. Just to, to circle back a little bit about that second half and some of the drives that Utah made. The very first set of drives in that half did not look great at all. The very first drive, I should say, it was a three and out, and it looked like Washington State was just going to continue the shellacking. But then Utah started to really, really run it up. Nine play drive, 81 yards, starting on their own 19-yard line, finishing with a touchdown. Next series, eight plays, 68 yards, finished with a touchdown. 439 for the first drive, 338 for the second. Third drive, seven plays, 70 yards, and two minutes, 15 seconds. Finished with a touchdown. Fourth, fifth drive of the half, they finally punt again, but that's after seven plays and 32 yards and two minutes and 48 seconds off the clock. Uh, right after that, two plays, 13 yards, and a touchdown, uh, a field goal, and then another touchdown. It, it was just really that, that, that series where they came started really methodically marching down the field and started building the comeback with the three straight TDs. That's really where the do- the doors got blown open. And I was talking to a friend of mine who's a Washington State fan, and I mentioned, I wonder if Nick Rolovich misplayed his hand a little bit in this one by having his team come out firing, thinking that Utah was going to roll over, thinking that if they got on top of him early, that Utah was just going to sit down and quit, uh, you know, for COVID reasons or whatever reasons, whatever his philosophy with that was. And then Washington State came out in the second half and, and they had nothing left in the tank and it just got worse from there. And I think this is very indicative of a Utah Kyle Whittingham coach team where they were gritty. They fought back. This team has done that all year long. There are a lot of great moments. Ty Jordan is a star in the making. Drew Lisk, the legend, uh, just adding to his legacy here at the University of Utah. I joked that it, you know he probably felt comfortable because there were the same amount of fans as there usually are at the end of the spring game when he plays. Um, 
you know, but all the credit in the world to that, that young man who has done nothing but stick with it and stick in the program and done a great job. So a big win for the youths. There's a lot of good stats there for you. Uh, and, you know, I think, I think moving forward, there's a lot to be excited about with the program. We saw Clark Phillips, the third, get his first pick six, um, just a tremendous effort by the defense in the second half to uh, holding Washington State to just one touchdown after they racked up those three. And then a big effort by the Utes to uh, end up positive in the turnover margin, winning that one four to three after three first half turnovers. Uh, the one downside is it's just unfortunate that Jake Benley had to sit down, um, especially, you know, he, he's come in, he's fought through a lot. He's been a, a leader. He's been a captain. Uh, it's unfortunate to see most likely his tenure end like that. Uh, but we're going to talk a little bit about what the future of the quarterback position looks like and, and why the youth decided to make that change. But first, let's take a moment to chill. It, it was sit at home all the time, and now it's up and go, and, and how can we get caught up on everything? And I think for, for myself, I just love those nice moments where I can take some time and chill. And I do that with an ice-cold Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill, Coors Light is the kind of kind of beverage that reminds me of hanging out in the backyard with my friends, being able to enjoy time with my family. It is my marker for being able to take a break, to relax, and to enjoy the things in life that we work hard to enjoy. Uh, so Coors Light wants you to know that no matter what sport on is, the, is on this fall, Saturdays are your time to chill. It doesn't matter what team or sport that's playing. Coors Light is the official beer of watching any sport just to drink beer. So flip through the channels, find a sport, and crack open a Coors Light. Coors Light is my choice because of its mountain cold refreshment. It is made to chill. It is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It is crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. So... Utah fans, as you're starting to wind down, as you're starting to get into the holidays, take some time out to enjoy an ice-cold Coors Light. Coors Light is the perfect refreshing beer for chilling, and especially around this time of year in the holiday season, don't we all just need to chill just a little bit more? And don't forget that Coors Light in the new look can be delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com and hit that reset button. Reach for the beer that's made to chill. Be sure to celebrate responsibly with Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Coors Light, made to chill. And I'll tell you somebody else who was made to chill, and that is my man Drew Lisk. Uh, fun little anecdote that really nobody else but me will care about. When I worked at a company by the name of Universal Athletic in Salt Lake City uh, doing sporting goods sales, we decided to do a Star of State Award where we awarded it once a week uh, you know, a T-shirt, I believe it was a T-shirt and maybe like a $25 gift certificate to a local high school athlete that we felt had performed very, very well. Drew Lisk was actually our inaugural winner uh, when he was a quarterback at Jordan High School. I saw it even back then that he was going to be a Ute legend. No, I did not. I thought he was a phenomenal high school quarterback, but I think his performance on Saturday was something special. Uh, it is something to be celebrated. It is also something that I think we need to break down a little bit because the the reality is, is that Lisk came out and, and led Utah to a really, really impressive comeback victory. But I'm not sure that we really need to go all the way in and say, okay, so why wasn't he starting all year? Why wasn't he the quarterback from day one? Or why wasn't he the backup to Cam Rising? If you look at the numbers, especially for quarterbacks, 
he had the lowest quarterback rating of all four quarterbacks that played in the game on Saturday. Now, quarterback rating is not everything. He didn't throw a touchdown pass. He also didn't throw an interception. His numbers were pretty decent, 15 of 26, 152 yards for, like I said, a 106.8 quarterback rating. By comparison, Jake Bentley was 7 of 14 for 153 yards with a touchdown and an interception. The bulk of that yardage obviously coming on the 91-yard touchdown pass to Britton Covey. But it's one of those situations where I think the big difference between what Lisk was able to do uh, and what Bentley was unable to do is have command of the offense and efficiently move the ball down the field. And Lisk, for whatever reason, was able to be much more decisive. He seemed to handle that there wasn't a ton of pressure in the pocket overall. I think the offensive line did a pretty good job this week. Some of that is just the fact that Washington State is absolutely decimated on the defensive line. They only had four defensive linemen for that game. They've had a few opt-outs, a few transfers. It's just been a really rough go for them on the defensive line. So I think they handled that pretty well. But I think the bigger thing was that Lisk was comfortable. We saw, you know, a shout-out to my buddy DZ Ute, who, who was – asking me a little bit about this uh, and I think he's on to something here we saw Bentley trying to change the play a ton in the first half and and trying to get him in the right spot and and trying to uh, create something on the offensive side of the ball it just never felt like Jake was ever comfortable whether it was in the pocket whether it was in the offense whether it was making decisions whether it was making throws and his accuracy reflected that you know, as quarterback it it's so imperative that you play with confidence and I think that was the biggest thing that drew Lisk inspired by his play was confidence in him from his teammates and his teammates responded and you could hear it in the postgame commentary Devin Lloyd was effusive with his praise of Drew you know this program absolutely loves Drew Lisk and for good reason it's plays like the ones that he made on Saturday that led him to a big win that I think have really endeared him his his stick-to-itiveness um his his just his dedication to being a Ute, all that kind of stuff, uh, I think is just absolutely showcase worthy. You know, in this, especially in this day and age where it, it seems like everybody is is looking to get ahead or looking to make a move or looking to better their own situation, I think it's really worth praising Drew Lisk for being a guy who who stuck to the mantra that the grass is greenest where you water it. You know, he was an excellent baseball player out of high school. He had opportunities to go play baseball. He wanted to play football. Uh, walked on at the University of Utah, earned a scholarship. He's cemented himself in Ute lore and Ute legacy for a long time now. So massive kudos to you. Drew, you way out, you know, out kicked the expectations that I had for you back in in 2015 as as my first ever choice selection for Star of State. But more importantly, you know, he he will go down in history as as you know a a legend, and and this will be a story that we'll talk about for forever. That in this weird, bizarre season, you know, Drew Lisk, the walk on quarterback, came in and salvaged what had felt like just an awful game and, and just a terrible end of the season. And the other part of it, too, is it led to – it was kind of the gateway to some other good news for the University of Utah where they've picked up two commitments out of the transfer portal. Uh, the first comes from former Baylor quarterback Charlie Brewer. He'll be a graduate transfer. He'll have one year. He announced his commitment via Twitter. Uh, Baylor uh, – 
Brewer transferring from Baylor is probably more indicative of the fact that he was not a mesh for Dave Aranda in the direction that they were going and that he was more comfortable under Matt Rule. I think sometimes those regime changes uh, can really throw a player off. He, uh, In his career at Baylor, he threw for 9,700 yards and 65 touchdowns, uh, as well as 28 interceptions. His Junior season numbers are much better than his senior numbers. He had 3,161 yards and 21 touchdowns uh, as a junior and, and led them to an 11-1 start, uh, led them to an appearance in the in the Big 12 title game and the Sugar Bowl. They ended the season ranked 13th. I think he really meshed well with Matt Rule's offense. I think there are a lot of correlations and similarities to what Matt Rule and his team at Baylor did compared to what Utah and Coach Kyle Whittingham do. Uh, so I think that's one of the big reasons why he decided to select Utah. You know, he's he's an athletic quarterback. He can get out and run. He can be a dual threat when he needs to be. Uh, I think he has good but not great accuracy. He's about 65% for his career. He started out in 2017 at 68% and has kind of fluctuated up and down between that. So uh, I think more than anything, what, what Brewer is, is he's an insurance policy against Cam Rising if he's not able to recover from his surgery and uh, or if, if there are injuries and you just need some experienced starting quarterback depth. And, and the reason why I think he's more of an insurance policy is that the Utes also picked up a commitment from uh, Jaquindon Jackson out of Texas. Now, Jackson is a quarterback. He's a dual threat. He was the number four overall dual threat uh, in the 2020 recruiting cycle or the 2020 recruiting class, I should say. Uh, he was a quarterback that the University of Utah focused in on initially. They were very high on him. Uh, he chose to go in a different direction. Uh, he is an incredible athlete, and, and that's the biggest thing to know about him. He is built like a linebacker, and he runs a 4'5", four, 4'6", four, 40. He had a rating of 96-64 coming out of high school. Uh, that is in the high mid to high 90s for a quarterback is a very, very good thing. Uh, more than anything t- for me, what this – indicates is that Utah was able to make up for landing a good four-star level recruit in the 2020 cycle. They That was just a really rough year with Andy Ludwig coming in as the new offensive coordinator. They, they, they isolated on a bunch of different targets, a lot of good targets, a lot of quality targets, but just weren't able, able to close the gap on any of them. I think the biggest name that, that Utah zeroed in on early was C.J. Stroud, and, and who ended up at Ohio State, um, somebody that I've talked about frequently. I absolutely love his game. But DeQuindon Jackson is, is a phenomenal uh, consolation prize in that regard. Like I said, true dual threat athlete. He is an incredible runner. He also has a very, very strong arm. Uh, we do not have a lot of statistics on him simply because he did not play a whole lot other than the fact that he's 6'2", 232 pounds. Uh, he was an incredible winner at, at his high school program at Duncanville where he won back-to-back state championships as a starter. He racked up 3,600 passing yards and 40 touchdowns in addition to 3,293 rushing yards and 51 rushing scores in his high school career. So for those who maybe were a little bit disappointed that Utah wasn't able to land Jackson Dart, I think that 
Jaquindon is going to be a pretty effective consolation prize for y'all. He is just a tremendous athlete. That part cannot um, be spoken about enough. This is one that was supposed to... uh, Let me back up. This is one that we kind of... Whittingham had hinted about this in all of his press conferences up to this point. Uh, Both quarterbacks decided to announce... Uh, kind of later on in the week for whatever reason just, that kind of stuff is hard to figure out sometimes uh, uh, Jaquindon decided to announce it like 11.30 on Saturday night which was just phenomenal I love it when they announce late like that but I'm going to forgive him because he is such a talented athlete and though he is a little bit raw the, the skill set is there uh, he doesn't have a ton of experience but I think him coming into an Andy Ludwig offense and, and coming to a program where he feels very comfortable already because of the work that Ty Jordan did to help him feel comfortable and the work that Kyle McDonald did, running backs coach at Utah, to get him to commit. I think this is a very, very solid pickup for the Utes. And overall, it's a very, very rosy pitcher now for the quarterback uh, position at the University of Utah. I think going into spring ball, it was Peter Costelli coming in, having not even played his senior season. He is a very raw prospect. I'm very high on Costelli, but it's going to take him a year or two to get comfortable and, and to really learn and adapt and I think this gives the University of Utah some time to let him break in slowly rather than having to force him into some things and 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 you know possibly developing bad habits or whatever else might come out of it you're going to have a lot of talent in that quarterback room Brewer is an experienced starter he's going to compete for the starting job if Cam Rising does not come out of spring you know healthy enough to play I, I think Brewer is a great uh, option at that I I sure that Brewer knows what he's coming into. I'm sure that Cam Rising knows what's going to happen. I think the fact that none of these guys have lost a year of eligibility for 2020 is a major benefit. Uh, I'm not saying that Cam Rising won't be healthy, but I've heard that the injury that he has is similar to the one that Zach Wilson had suffered previously at BYU. And so because of that, you just need to be prepared and you need to make sure that you have the depth because this team has shown that they have a lot of talent. Ty Jordan is tremendous. I think that Brant Keithy probably hopefully comes back for another year. If he doesn't, you've got Dalton Kincaid waiting in the wings with Thomas Yasmin and, and Cole Fotheringham. You've got phenomenal receiver talent with Brian Thompson and Solomon Enos and hopefully Britton Kelly come back for another year. Money Parks will finally be developed. Uh, you'll have Samson Nakua back. You'll have Connor O'Toole healthy. You'll have Makai Cope joining the squad. You'll have all these, you know, if they decide to add anybody else from the transfer portal, you have all these options at wide receiver. And that's really going to help this team compete on the offensive side of the football and the defensive side of the football. You've got all these young guys that played lights out this year. And other than Nate Ritchie, everybody's going to return next year. Um, So... This is my one short lobby to uh, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints to please create a Rice-Eccles mission for Nate because he does need to serve his his time. I, I understand that. Make that choice, young man. I'm very proud of you. But let's let's get you out on the field as much as possible. Please, please, please. I love Nate Ritchie. He was great this year. Um, I saw him make some huge strides. I call him the Blitz King. I love the way that he comes off the edges and and just, you know, a a great football player. And I'm excited to see his future. But he is just another, you know, another sign of of how much talent Utah brought in in last year's class, how quickly it translated, and how the escalation of talent in that program is already turning it into one of the Pac-12 elites. And I think that next year – 
as we've proven every single year, the, the Pac-12 championship is open for the taking. And so going out, getting these quarterbacks, adding them, adding some experience to the team with Charlie Brewer, adding some talent with Jaquindon Jackson is a phenomenal move for the University of Utah going into next season. Now, the key is going to be, can you get everybody on the same page in time? Can you keep everybody together? How do you keep everybody inside the program and add to it from the transfer portal? Those are all things that kind of winning exam is going to have to figure out in the offseason. But I have a feeling that as things with the pandemic start to wind down and things start to normalize, that he'll be able to figure that one out. And while we're on the topic of figuring things out, have you figured out yet, gang, that you need to go online and order some build bars already? I don't know what do I got to do every week if if I got to walk around in like a built bar costume, whatever it is, just go online. Promo code locked on builtbar.com. Listen, here's the thing. Uh, we've talked about the built bar sandwich. It's, it's a creation that I made. I got another one tonight. It's raspberry and orange. I'm tweaking that one together. Uh, I really love the cherry barcia and the cookies and cream. Um, that was a favorite of mine. The original flavors that they have coconut almond is a great one. I enjoy the banana nut bread from time to time. Mint brownie is a good change of pace if you're looking for something like that. Uh, the double chocolate is incredible for just a chocolate protein bar. And as I say this, it's not even really a protein bar per se. It is like the best treat on the planet every single day when I get to break into my built bar. And I'll be honest, I usually try to eat it around 11, 1130, try to try to space my meals out, keep them condensed. And I never get to that point because I'm always so excited for the built bar. Uh, built bars are healthy, great for the healthy, health conscious individual, uh, help you to lose or maintain weight. I, I'm not going to lie to you, gang. I've lost 10 pounds in the last month or so. Uh, I'm working on another 10. Built bar is a big reason for that, because when I start getting that hangry feeling and, and I'm starting to to you know, lose my edge from my built go early in the morning. I just snack into one of those protein bars and immediately I'm back up and ready to go. Uh, It's helped me to drop some, some pounds. Uh, It makes me feel better. I'm excited to eat my built bar, which is a big change up for most protein bars where you're just kind of like, but you know, with a standard built bar, you're going to get those 19 grams of protein, 180 calories, five grams of sugar, five grams of net carbs. You know, they've obviously vary based on on which flavor you're choosing, but they are keto friendly. They are low carb friendly. They are protein heavy. So they're going to give you that energy that you need from just the protein boost that you need to keep going with your day. Again, the promo code is locked on. Go to builtbar.com. With that promo code locked on, get 20% off your next order. They have some new flavors for limited time. If you're into the Built Bar sandwich like I was talking about, order the Built Bites. Uh, it, it is just, I cannot emphasize enough how great this is. Uh, I love Built Bar. They've helped me a ton. I, I was a fan even before I started doing the podcast. I'm not going to lie. It, it was definitely a draw to be able to work with Built Bar. So locked on promo code, 20% off your next order at Built Bar and get built. All right, gang. So it's been a pretty football heavy show. Let's give you a little basketball update. There was a cancellation this week. It looks like the University of Utah has canceled, uh, in conjunction, I should say, with the Pac-12, has canceled or postponed their basketball game at Arizona State that was scheduled to be played on Tuesday, December the 22nd, due to a confirmed case of COVID-19 within the program. Uh, There was an earlier outbreak where nine players were affected due to both infection and 
contra- contact tracing. So for those of you who thought that maybe it had already ripped through the team, this is not the case. So sending our best healing vibes and everything like that up to the to the basketball team on the hill. They actually had a really great performance against night defeating the Vandals 79 to 41. It was fun to see some appearances from some newcomers. We saw Jordan Kellier a little bit. Uh, you know, Ian Martinez had himself a pretty good game. Uh, Timmy Allen was great. He, he scored 13. It was 22 points in the first half. Um, drained back-to-back three-pointers in the opening minutes that ended up starting a 12-0 run. Ultimately saw the Utes take a 40-16 lead at halftime. Uh, I tweeted out at the end of the game that it was a loss because they didn't win by 40. But the reality is it was just the kind of get-back game that we talked about previously. Utah really needed to have uh, complete domination from start to finish. They looked much more cohesive, a lot more connected on defense. Larry talked about it in the postgame as well, that he feels like the more you invest on defense, the more the other team tends to worry about it. And so their defense is not as solid. So defense translating to offense in that respect. So we'll keep you updated as to the status with any following games. The plan tentatively so far is that uh, Utah will have a road game at UCLA on December the 31st. We'll see how things work out in terms of testing and contact tracing and everything like that with the protocols. Uh, Hopefully the Utes are able to make that trip to California and play UCLA on the 31st and then finish that trip with a game against USC on the 2nd. Uh, so we'll stay tuned to that one. In the meantime, thank you so much for tuning in. We appreciate each and every one of you who subscribes, who rates, who listens, who downloads. Uh, it, this wouldn't be possible without you. So a huge thank you to all of you. And we'll see you tomorrow here on the Locked On Youths podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, December 21st, 2020.